Fuck Mary Kill, <laughs> Julian James, Jason Ward, Hawes Burkhart. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill. Um, you I, can't kill Hawes. If you kill Hawes, I'll kick you out of here <laughs> right now. Like, yeah, I don't want to kill Hawes. But I f- Sorry, Hawes. That is a big kill for you, my friend. Gonna do fuck Mary Kill. Okay. Eric Struthers. Yep. Haas. And yep. Arash. Brittany? I'd fuck Struthers. Oh no, you're gonna kill Hawes. He's a treasure. Say it. I can't believe you're gonna say it. <laughs> this is the most shocking moment in podcasting history. Somebody is going to kill Hawes Burkhart. I never thought I'd hear it. Say it, Brittany Brown. Say it. I'm gonna kill Hawes. Oh, dude. <laughs> Welcome to episode 218 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I am your host, Will Whitten. And we're back. We had to take a week off, regroup a little bit. Now we're back to talk about little bits of Star Wars news. Nothing huge. It all comes together. It does. Um, How you been, buddy? How's your week been? I've been alright. I can't complain. I've been... uh... Like kind of Marie Kondoing the house. So. Uh oh. If it doesn't kind spark of. joy, if it doesn't spark joy, it gets the fuck up out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, what's um, what's been the uh, biggest casualty? Oh, uh, let's see. Honestly, to me, nothing. It's really easy to do that for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't really tell you. It's all been junk. I don't know that there was a big casualty. I got rid of a bunch of junk. So no, nothing that like you pulled out and you're like, oh, let me think about this one for a second. No, 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 no nail biters, no hard decisions. So just, I got gotcha. you. Get all hard kick in the ass. Get that fucking garbage out of my house. Got like three Ikea bookshelves, you know, getting shit organized. Dude, I wish. Do you guys have an Ikea in your area? There's one in Memphis. Okay, so not too Which is like an hour and a half to two hour ride from here. Yeah, not too bad. We have one in Atlanta, which is a little further away. I wish we had one here, though. I think you can make it to Memphis in under four hours from Birmingham. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. Atlanta's probably closer. But that traffic. I'll (laughs) tell you what. My back tells me I've been putting Ikea furniture together. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Like, it's just so physical. uh, I've never been to an Ikea. Have you not? No. You're missing out. It I, is wonderful. I know, those, like... Those Swedes, dude. I know what's up. I know the uh, go-to display case cabinet for most collectors is something called the Detloff. It's a it's an Ikea cabinet. And okay. it's the one I had my eyes set on until we realized there was no Ikea close. So I went with a similar form-factored one off of Amazon, which I do like. It's I mean, you've seen my display case. I need to get a couple of more. Right. Um... But yeah, I 
if there was an Ikea here and I could just go pick one of those things up for like 60 bucks or whatever they are yeah. whenever I needed to uh talking about an entire store that inspires joy oh really like yeah okay like it's just very efficient the way it's <laughs> built and designed um it's interesting that there are Swedish toys and office supplies and Swedish food you know there's a cafeteria in the middle of it and like a grocery section um and but like part of their deal is like they have specific customized furniture or whatever for small efficient spaces you know something like you know 590 <coughs> square feet or 700 square feet or you know how and so like all kinds of stuff desks wardrobes dressers Dude. you know you I can really customize stuff chairs and you, know, you would love it you would love ikea and like people say the furniture is shit i was like look i paid a hundred dollars for a nice a nice bookcase yeah i put it together myself no you know i didn't pay five hundred dollars for it but it looks really nice in my living room and it you know it doesn't look like walmart furniture it's much sturdier than like the press board walmart furniture right um yeah, I could I could use a trip to IKEA cuz Jesse and I need a serious If you didn't know, Blue Harvest has recently been sponsored by Yes. This IKEA. episode of Blue Harvest is brought to you by IKEA. Get some furniture and put it together your damn ass self. The finest in Swedish home engineering for pleasure and comfort. Um Yeah, I, Jesse and I need a serious upgrade to our media storage rack yeah yeah because i'm literally we're literally rocking the wooden dvd slash cd rack that i bought when i went away to college that's how old that thing is and it's out of room dude like jesse rearranged it this week and like i had to make that sophie's choice of yeah you can we can put those away uh, we can put those DVDs away or whatever. Because I did have a few DVDs on the shelf that I haven't had a chance to replace with Blu-ray or they just haven't put it out in mm-hmm. Blu-ray. And then you factor in the video games across five or six different consoles or platforms. and Yeah, my plan is eventually to find a piece of furniture that shows it off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like you were saying, basically like a glass collector's case or whatever. But if I could like store the whole video game collection in something like that, it'd be cool. Or even, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of cool ways to store it. But anyway. But so it looks, the shelf looks really nice right now. It looks clean, organized. Yeah. She organized it, you know, by like console and everything. But here's the problem. One more video game gets purchased, zero room for said video game. Like it, right. it's it's packed. I got to get something better. I got to get something that looks a little nicer than that that wooden rack. Um, it, it sounds like IKEA would be the place. Because mm-hmm. um, it's Could not like be. I'm going to stop getting video games anytime soon. No, uh, there's also, I mean, there's also like. Wholesale furniture places all over rural Alabama. That's where I go sometimes when I need a piece of furniture. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and we could we could definitely do with some bookshelves. Some shelving in general. So 
maybe one day we need to take the trip to Atlanta. When living in confined space with lots of stuff, never underestimate the capabilities yeah. of vertical storage. Of a good bookcase. Um, so, yeah, uh, for 20% off your next IKEA purchase, go to IKEA.com slash cockhead and use the promo <laughs> code CRUSHBOX for 20% off. That's a joke. Don't go do that. Ikea. Don't go do that. Ikea, don't get pissed at me. Build Ikea's a location. So, Ikea sponsor us instead. Build a location. I can, I'll talk all about the Hemneys Swedish set for five, you know, 600 square feet. Did you, uh, did you partake in the Swedish meatballs while you were there? Oh, no, I didn't eat anything. Mm. Yep. I mean, I look. I think if I have to, if I if I ever go to an IKEA, I got to take mean, in the full experience. I mean, I should have eaten in the cafeteria. I had eaten before I got there. You know, somewhere nice yeah. in Memphis. Yeah, that, that um, makes more sense than being like, "I'm gonna get some Swedish meatballs from a furniture store." But it's um, you would be you say that, but it's neat. It's neat, and when you go there, you'll understand. Oh, I don't doubt that it is. Like you said, I think I would enjoy IKEA. I just. Don't have, haven't had the opportunity to go to one. <laughs> Anyways, um, so there hasn't been a ton of Star Wars news in the last two weeks. There's been little pieces here and there. We'll talk about those. We're, we're really in the, uh, as old fucking Dr. Strange face would say, we're in the end game here, folks. Yes, we are. Not long until it really starts kicking off. Not long until. In all my news feed in Star Wars, it's like, hmm, new Star Wars leak, Ray and Palpatine, da da da, and I was like, we're gonna flip right on past that. Not gonna read that. Yeah, and then you know, it is Endgame. It is, and you know, probably around a month or less before the final trailer for the Rise of Skywalker comes out, we have Star Wars Resistance coming back sometime next month, which I'm thank pretty goodness. Ex- yeah, it's such a good ex- show. Yeah, I'm excited to check out the second and final season of that. And then, you know, rolling into November, we've got um, The Mandalorian and the launch of Disney Plus and Jedi Fallen Order. And then The Rise of Skywalker. And I feel like before we know it, it's going to be here. Because, like, it doesn't even feel like it's been five months since Star Wars Celebration. But it has been. So, before we know it, The Rise of Skywalker will be out. Maybe everybody can calm down just a little bit. Just a little bit. There is no chill. There is no chill. We stay on 10. We're Star Wars fans. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um, speaking of Disney Plus, it launched, I guess, in sort of a beta mode in the Netherlands the last couple of weeks. So, right now, if you happen to be listening in the Netherlands, do you remember? Do you remember our buddy uh, Oliver that you and Jesse? Yes. Or he was. That I thought was a catfishing. Right. He was in Sweden, right? Oh, I can't remember. Sweden. It might have been Sweden. Can't remember either. I wonder whatever happened to her buddy Oliver. 
I wonder if he still listens. If he doesn't listen, I hope he's not one of those dudes that was like. There's some early listeners that used to write in that don't write in anymore that I wonder. I wonder what they're up to. I wonder if they still listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they do, I'm glad. If not, I wish them well and I hope they're listening to cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, apparently if you live in the Netherlands, you can start viewing Disney Plus now. It's free until it launches in November. Obviously, the big original stuff isn't on there yet because it doesn't launch yet. Um, and people seem pretty stoked with the service so far. Uh as far as it pertains to Star Wars, all the movies are on there. All the seasons of Rebels are on there, which I think is cool because that's never been on any sort of streaming platform. Yeah. So <clears throat> I actually think that stands a chance to introduce a larger audience to that show. That haven't had a way to see it. Yeah, because not everybody has access to Disney Plus, you know. And the Disney Plus, Disney Now app or whatever it's called, uh, not reliable. So, you know, hopefully uh, once that rolls around, people have access to that and uh, be able to enjoy it. And then uh, I think Resistance was on there. All their sort of Forces of Destiny shorts, all of the Lego Star Wars stuff, which I've never really watched much of. So I'll be. I'm sure I'll d dive into that at some point. And then a list of all the TV shows and movies that are going to be available on Disney Plus came out. And dude, it's, as you would expect, jam-packed. There's some Disney movies on there that I've never seen. Like Hit me with some highlights. Things that you've oh, never shit. seen or, or weird things. Oh man, that's going to be tough. That's oh. going to be tough because it's, it's a huge list. Um, Here, I'll, I'll escape from which mountain? Uh, yeah, it's definitely on there. Definitely on. I've there never seen the first that, one. They they made a second one with the Rock, the remake. Oh really? Yeah. Um. So one that I always wanted to see as a kid, but never had a chance to was the Black the Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron. Yeah, it's good. Um, that's Kinda on scary. there. Um, Jesse thinks seems to think I would like the. Uh, the uh, animated Atlantis movie that's got like uh, Michael J. Fox as one of the voices. Yeah, you would. That's pretty good. That's on there. Um, something that I'm pretty stoked for is the 90s Marvel cartoons are on oh, there. Oh, Saturday morning cartoons. The X-Men, the Spider-Man. all Spider of our listeners out there that are maybe a little bit younger than us, mm -hmm. like cartoons, there used to not be cartoons 24-7. Cartoons used to only come on Saturday mornings. Right. Right, like like cartoons. Now, I remember G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles came on a weekly slot, but and it wasn't necessarily in the morning. But there was morning cartoons on Saturdays. Like, And then when Cartoon Network came out, it was this huge deal, you know, because there was Nickelodeon that played cartoons sometimes. But then Cartoon Network. <laughs> blew the cartoon game wide open you know what i watched uh but those were gold you know because you had to get up at the right time you couldn't sleep through them like there was this anxiety for me like was i gonna sleep through silver surfer because it was at like 6 a.m like where do you commit because you know then you're gonna catch x-men and spider-man you'd be up for those 
Yeah. Um, Where Iron Man was early. So, you know, I've talked about it on the show before. There's this um, YouTube channel that I really like called Toy Galaxy. And they did uh, an episode today about the history of Toonami. Pretty good. Oh, I love Toonami. I've been around since the beginning. Um, so yeah, I'm sitting here trying to find that goddamn Disney Plus list, and it has given old Mister Bloom, uh, work for decades. Toonami sure has. Zeb Aurelius himself was the voice of uh, the robot guy. And Tom. Hmm. That's it. That's Tom. That's his name. Um. Fuck my ass. Where is this? Okay. I mean, that's quite the offer out of nowhere. Well, you know, I'm a generous guy like that. That's a generous offer. Far be it for me. <laughs> hey, I mean. It's turned down. Don't, such an offer. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Don't look, I don't think that I don't think that translates for this scenario. Don't look a gift halls in the butthole. <laughs> see, see, it just doesn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my God. Uh, Iron Man, Thor: The Dark World. I don't even think this is the same list because there's a lot missing on this list. Um. And what was interesting is the article I saw was basically saying, like, this is what's on there now in the Netherlands. It may not exactly link up in the U.S. because of certain streaming rights, but... All right, uh, like beta, like you said. Yeah, a lot of the Marvel movies were on there, and apparently there's, you know, some debate as to whether all of those will be available in the U.S. version. Um because um uh, of streaming rights like i was saying <laughs> um but it, i'll say this for 6 bucks a month or whatever that shit is 7 bucks a month you're going to have a hell of a lot to watch on disney plus uh, not just Star Wars and Marvel stuff. One of the things I really want to check out is the um, the Tron animated series. Oh, the, I didn't know there was one of those. Yeah, they, apparently they did it around the time that um, Tron 2.0, what was it, Tron Legacy? Yeah. Came out, and it's called Tron Uprising. Interesting. Um, the Tron mythology is really good. I think we talked last time we recorded about the Dark Crystal mythology, maybe. Dark Crystal mythology is incredible. Tron's mythology, incredible. Well, we were we were talking about that on the Xbox headset. Oh, were we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Silly me. Yeah. Because that, that Dark Crystal series on Netflix pretty good i need to watch mm. like i've got a lot of it to exquisite um finish up friend of the podcast aaron boyd big fan big fan always checking in with me to see how far i am 
in, in the dark uh, crystal in the dark crystal always letting them down <clears throat> so speaking of since i can't seem to find that list i was looking at the other day um we'll move on uh speaking of our friend friend of the podcast aaron boyd uh at celebration this year we went to the mandalorian panel and afterwards aaron comes up to me he goes hey was that bill burr in the uh in the trailer or the footage from the mandalorian and i didn't really know and because it wasn't immediately released to the public actually ever released to the public it was hard to say for sure um so that was the question oh is bill burr in the mandalorian and um obviously you know disney pretty um tight-lipped about that sort of thing and their uh their cast and crew and stuff tight-lipped as well well uh this week or no actually it was last week he was on um an episode of the h3 podcast vape nash what's up vape nash and um ripping fat clouds they talked to him a little bit about being on the mandalorian and obviously no nothing big came out of it like no huge information he mentioned that um he initially met john favreau through vince vaughn because vince vaughn produces bill burr's animated show on netflix f is for family is there another season of that? I thought there was only one season of that. I think there's three so far. Oh my goodness. I think I'm the third one came out not that long ago. Jesse okay. and I haven't watched the third. We definitely watched the first two. Um, the first one was sad, dude. It was yeah, I mean, it's, sad. It's surprisingly... I mean, I know it's like dark comedy, but... I mean, it's surprisingly deep for sort of like, you know, a, a foul mouth... Um, animated show set in the 70s or whatever um so um he mentioned that you know he met with john favreau or you know sort of met john favreau through vince vaughn and john favreau offered him a role in the mandalorian and he was like you know i've never really been a huge star wars fan i don't know that'd be a good fit and his wife nia bill bill burr's wife nia is who talked him into taking the role uh, and then he sort of mentioned like how he had to do the, like the full body scanning, like, you know, they do for the actors and stuff for like figures and, and products and stuff. Yeah. And he mentioned it, he kind of made it sound like his character may only be in one episode because he said that Rick Famayua was the director when he was on set. Uh, and he talked a little bit about the crazy technology that we've sort of talked about and Jason from making star Wars is covered. Uh, the huge like led screens that they use on set. So yeah. instead of like a green screen, it's actually a huge video screen that's showing the footage of the location or whatever it is where the characters are. Um, and he said on his last day of filming, he, um, you know, was wrapping up and stuff and they had a, a cut of the trailer in a good enough, um, like, you know, ready enough to show the cast and the crew. And they brought it in and played it on those huge led screens. 
<clears throat> which sounds like pretty cool, right? Are we talking about like the screens that are on the back wall of the Apple store when you go there or like bigger than that? Uh, no, I think bigger and way more advanced than that. Okay. So I think, you know, so like if, if you look at the uh, making of Rogue One, I think this that was the first time they used sort of a similar technology on one of the Star Wars movies and then they used it in preceding movies but um like when they would be in the cockpit of the ewing flying around instead of yeah. just looking at you know a green screen outside of the cockpit they actually had huge screens set up that were showing footage of space and so it also you know worked with the lighting in the cockpit famously they they did that in solo for the castle run so you know they had some sort of animation footage far enough along that they could play them on the screens and the actors could play off of that instead of just trying to, you know, completely go off of um, imagination and stuff. And it sounds like it's that technology sort of amplified even further. And uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, what the final result is. But it's cool because it sounds like Star Wars sort of pushing that technology boundary again, you know, like it did back in 70. Like it did in the day, Roots. Yeah, or even with the prequels, with all the CG and stuff. So Right, right. <laughs> it's nice to hear them, you know, taking some kind of advancement as far as that go. Need to hear a confirmation of Bill Burr, Bill Burr, Bill Burr and the Mandalorian. And also, the scene in question from the trailer he's in the the newest trailer briefly he's got his back turned to the count uh camera it's the scene where you see the twilight woman like turn towards camera and wink yeah um that's natalia tenya who um most people would probably know from two things she was in game of thrones i can't remember her character's name she was the wildling lady who um ends up like living at Winterfell. I'll say no more. So I don't upset, uh, you know, a buddy Justin. And uh, she played Tonks in the Harry Potter franchise. Oh, okay. So that's cool. Little little bits of casting and confirmations. Um, Yeah, not a whole lot. Well, no. So, uh, I guess... It was the Saturn Awards this week, which is sort of like the Sci-Fi Awards, right? Yeah. Um, and John Favreau was given some sort of like Lifetime Achievement Award there. And in um, interviews afterwards, he sort of jokingly but seriously said that he wants to do a new Star Wars holiday special. That would be awesome. Right let him do it dude that would be perfect i think that would be a lot of fun and and like make it obvious bring back life day hashtag bring back life day like you want to you definitely want to increase the quality from the original but make it just as campy and weird as the original it doesn't even oh, have to be yeah. considered canon you know no like, hell no a spectacle mm -hmm. a variety show if you will 
dude, is is Jefferson Starship or Starship around? Bring them back. Bring them back. Um, dude, I think that would be get William Shatner to sing Rocket Man. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. William I Shatner's a douche, dude. I know, I know. Um, no, it's like he can't help himself. Oh, he can't. I mean, as most douches can't help themselves, he cannot help himself. He's always having an extra serving of douche. douche. <laughs> it's like when you go to Chipotle. And you're like, hey, can I get, uh, I've only eaten at Chipotle once and it was delivered by Postmates. So a little peek behind the curtain. I'm totally <laughs> faking here. When you go, oh, you and just ruined it. You <laughs> ruined the whole premise of the next joke. You when you said that after the joke. When you go to Chipotle and you're like, uh, can I get a, uh, steak burrito bowl with no beans and no rice, uh, extra meat. He's like, uh, can I get a douche burrito bowl? <laughs> with extra douche and a side of douche. Uh, thank you very much. Set my phasers to delicious. <clears throat> um, I think that's a wonderful idea. I hope it catches on. What better way to fill the time next December <laughs> when we don't have a Star Wars movie than a new holiday special on Disney Plus? I, that will be wonderful. I hope they really do that. Um, there were a couple of suspicious, or not suspicious, interesting absences from the Disney Plus lineup when it comes to Star Wars. For one, no Clone Wars micro series, so no uh, uh Gindi Gindi Tarkovsky. Um, also. No droids or Ewoks animated shows from the 80s. Really? Yeah. I was kind of banking on that. I kind of was too. And I wonder if they are sort of unfortunately being held back by the canon status of those three things. But if you like just slap it on there and say Legends, the Clone Wars, Legends, droids, Legends, Ewoks, you know, like. I don't care that they're not canon. Throw those bitches up there. Because am I saying I would watch droids or Ewoks all the time? No. Would, would I, watch I watch them? through once? Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely I would. And plus, I don't think the Star Wars Lego stuff is canon. <clears throat> but maybe. I don't know. No. Star Wars Lego stuff is not canon. Can't, can't be. Just can't be. Just People isn't. aren't made out of it Lego? Those bricks... How do you sit? No. Um, man. Uh, s- somewhat unrelated to, speaking of Lego, but somewhat unrelated to Star Wars and Lego, actually. Uh, Warner Brothers announced this week that they're going to be doing a Funko Pop movie. What? Yep. So. Do they own Funko Pops? I think it's Warner Brothers. I don't believe so. I think it's more of like sort of a licensing deal with Funko. Like, you know, Warner Brothers or whoever the fuck did the Lego movie doesn't own Lego. Um and I have a feeling that's sort of what, you know, the vibe they're going for is the Lego movie type of thing filled with probably, you know, a few original characters and then a ton 
of cameos featuring like you know the licensed properties that Funko uh, is part of. Yeah, and it could go one of two ways. It could be a success like the first Lego Movie, or it could be the Emoji Movie. So that'll oh, be interesting. That's to what see I'm scared of. I'm scared of Emoji Movie level. <clears throat> well, it'll be if they're going for like a, a Lego movie type of thing, I'll be interested to see how much of their licensed properties do show up because I doubt star Wars would with it being Warner brothers and not Disney. Who knows? <gasps> Maybe they'll play nice and allow them to do, <gasps> you know, some sort of cameo from star Wars characters. I got the hiccups. I hear that. Um, but I don't know. I saw that and got to say, well, I did not find myself super excited at the prospect of a Funko Pop movie. And I like Funko Pops. I just... But the Lego movie worked, at least the first one. I haven't seen the second one, and apparently a lot of people didn't see the second one. I mean, Angry Birds made movies, right? Oh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Unfortunately, apparently. I don't know. I don't think I've seen them. Oh, I I mean, look. I have I have a lot of time to watch stuff while I work and stuff. It would take a particular lack of content for me to watch an Angry Birds animated movie. I just do not see that being something that I'm like, "Oh, well, I've got my night sorted. I'm going to watch the animated Angry Birds movie." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rio, um, is, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I think that's a bird movie, like a Brazilian bird movie. I haven't. Wait, what was the movie where old Dirtbag Johnny Depp played the lizard? Rango. Rango. Yet another. Dude, that movie is weird. Is it? I mean, I guess, you know, Johnny Depp's in it. Of course, it's weird, but it is. I mean, it's a little odd. It's cool. It's a good movie. It's just odd. Um, so, uh, coming out this November, moving right along is Ryan Johnson's next movie, Knives Out. And it is getting great response from people that have seen it. I think they showed it like the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, getting great response. People seem to dig it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm going to go see it and support that dude. Yeah, me too. Um, and... He has been, you know, doing sort of the press rounds and stuff about the movie. And obviously, he's there to focus on his new movie. But the the topic of Star Wars does come out up from time to time. And I believe last time we talked, we mentioned that he just sort of reaffirmed that star, his Star Wars trilogy or his Star Wars movie is still in play. Right. Um, and then he... Also mentioned this week, he he had a little more like um, uh, information to give us. I'm real foggy headed today. Oh, um, is that right? Yeah. Um, and this is what he said. Uh, he says, the truth is they're still figuring out their schedule, their game plan. So if it's possible for me to squeeze in another film before or while working on that, I will. So... 
basically just saying Lucasfilm is still in the process of putting the puzzle pieces together, figuring release dates and how everything's going to work. And if he has time to do another movie, another smaller project like Knives Out, he'll work that into the schedule. So once again, still working on his Star Wars movie and might have something else coming out in the meantime. Um, which I don't think is, is obviously not a big deal. The dude doesn't want to sit around and like just wait on his next Star Wars. Right. He's got, you know, things to do. I have a life. Um, yeah, yeah. But looking forward to seeing uh, Knives Out, seeing what that's all about. Have you seen the trailer for it? No. Oh, man, it's it's pretty good. I'm excited. I mean, I love what the dude does. Um, okay. So, one more thing to sort of touch on, and then we actually have a decent stack of emails and voicemails to get from our get to from our um our Blue Harvest family, our moisture farmer. So we'll roll into that in just a second. Bring the D, the Kia so, D. Hey, oh, uh, dude, I have to show you. So our buddy Chris Hall, uh, amazing artist. He does, um, all kinds. Not just Star Wars art. He does Dark Crystal art. He does Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Um, let me pull up his Twitter Twitter handle. He's done, uh, you know, some artwork for the Bad Motivators. He put up a bunch of his original artwork for sale on his Etsy, right? Yeah. Oh, his his Twitter is super easy. Chris Hall Artist. At Chris Hall Artist. Go follow him. Um, he put up a ton of his original artwork. Not prints, the actual original artwork. And a couple months ago... He posted uh, a drawing he did of our boy Kiati Mundi. And I was sitting patiently in the wings being like, oh, I hope he turns that into a print. Honestly, I had my doubts if he would because I'm sure he's got a keen business sense for this sort of thing and was like, ain't nobody, maybe one dude going to buy that. And that dude is in a wheelchair and lives in Alabama. Is it worth making prints of this shit for one sale? Well, I didn't have to wait for Prince because he put the original for sale and I got it into the mail today. Oh. And it is fucking glorious. Um, so yeah, go follow him on Twitter, Chris Hall Artist. Uh, check out his Etsy. He does some really cool sticker packs and prints. And um I think I hooked you up in your little uh Star Wars celebration grab bag from this year, Will, with a couple of doubles. That I, I think got you did. I think you did. So, <laughs> anyways, um, we talked about it. I think it was around the time of Comic Con when they announced it. But there's a a Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren miniseries coming out this December from writer Charles Sewell, right? Oh wow! And he's talked about how it's going to deal with Kylo Ren's apprenticeship apprenticeship under. Luke Skywalker pretty much leading up to the shit that goes down between Luke and Kylo or Ben and Ben becoming Kylo and the Knights of Ren and all that stuff. Um, Well, this week, actually today, the sort of solicit text, the uh, 
the um, synopsis, the brief synopsis of it came out and uh, it sounds pretty cool. So let me read this to you. With Ben Solo's fall comes Kylo Ren's rise. Young Ben Solo is legendary Luke Skywalker's most promising pupil. As the son of Rebel Alliance heroes Leia Organa and Han Solo, as well as Luke's own nephew, Ben has the potential to be a great force for light in the galaxy. But the Skywalker legacy casts a long shadow. The currents of the dark side run deep and Darth Vader's blood runs in Ben's vein. Voices call from both his past and his future, telling him who he must be. He will shatter, he will be reforged, his destiny will be revealed. Snoke awaits, the Knights of Ren await. Ben Solo's path to his truth self, true self begins here. Oh, wow. Whoa, right? That's crazy. I am so interested. In that. And we are talking like... That's the shit I want to know, man. Right. That's the juicy stuff that I'm wondering. And that's, you know, something we can uh, look forward to post episode nine is more stuff like that. Like, I want to know what Luke was up to after Return of the Jedi. You know, I mean, more than like a 10 minute, 15 minute cutscene from Battlefront 2. As cool as that was, I need more. Yes. You know? So I think this is just the first step in getting some more of that really interesting information. So I really can't wait for this to start coming out. We'll we'll definitely be covering that series. It's been a while since we've talked. Been a while uh, since we've mm-hmm. talked uh, about uh, a Star Wars comic. So I'm glad there's one out there that's grabbing my attention and making me want to jump in. I read something in an article I was just talking to you about, about a Sith Lord's spirit being in a mask, I guess, Menon or Min something. Momen. Momen. And that makes me want to read those Darth Vader comics. Uh, By the way, I believe that's by the same writer, Charles Sewell. Um, King of all times, correct me if I'm wrong about that. But I believe that's the same writer behind this Kylo Ren miniseries. Ah, People seem to love his run with Darth Vader. So, you know, I got to imagine he's going to bring the same heat to Kylo Ren. One could hope. Um, One other small tidbit that I thought was kind of interesting. So we are, as of today, about three weeks away from Force Friday, which is October 4th. And... As happens every time. Actually, no. We are two weeks away from Force Friday. Oh, my goodness. All righty. I'm telling you, I am foggy-brained right now. Um, Time is flying this fall for me. It sure is. Um, I felt like it was just summer, and now it's about to be Halloween. Fuck, I can't wait. I love the fall. I love the winter, and I love the spring. And then it's going to be Thanksgiving and Christmas in no time. That's my three favorite fucking times of year. Summer, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. I actually like summer. I like summer a lot. Too hot for a fat guy like me, my dude. I need that cool weather making me feel limber. Not like a sweaty mess. 
Shvetim. Um, so, as happens every time, we don't get any information about what's coming on Force Friday during Comic-Con, during Toy Fair. Oh, it's all secret. Hasbro can't show us anything. Well, then what happens? All this shit starts leaking on Instagram. Oh. And it's not, you, you know, it's nothing huge. That You know, the first wave of Black Series figures, we, I think we talked about it. It's the Mandalorian, uh, um, Cal from Jedi Fallen Order, the Inquisitor, the second sister, um, Rey in Dio, uh, Kylo Ren and his fancy new helmet. Uh, you know, nothing huge. Well, one of the Black Series figures, and I thought this was a neat little detail, is uh, a Jawa. And this is part of the Mandalorian line. <clears throat> so, uh, I think because of some of the sort of spy photos of the sets of the Mandalorian. Yes. And some of the poster artwork and other things. We've kind of come to believe that perhaps Tatooine plays some sort of role in the Mandalorian. Interesting. And the presence of Jawas would be one of those things that would sort of enforce that. However... This jaw was a little different. Instead of a brown robe, he's wearing like a gray robe. And it's officially called an off-world Jawa. Ooh. So that's the first time that Jawas have been off-world in, in canon? In canon, I believe so. I don't know that in canon we've seen a Jawa anywhere but on Tatooine. And if I'm not as far mistaken, as we know Jawas aren't spacefaring race naturally, right? Right. And as far as I, if I'm not mistaken, our buddy Robbo has always kind of said, like, I think it's dumb that Jawas aren't anywhere but Tatooine. So maybe this will speak to him. Um, but does that, okay, here's the question Does that bring doubt to the idea of Tatooine showing up in the show? I specifically went and looked at like the newest <coughs> Mandalorian poster art or graphic or whatever it is. And I mean, I'll be damned if it does not look like it's on a desert planet with twin suns. Right. So I think that Tatooine is part of it. But then why would you need to have a quote unquote off world Jawa? I mean, it is Star Wars, and the whole the whole miniseries doesn't have to happen on Tatooine. Oh, no, no, and I never figured it did, and obviously from the footage, it's clear that it doesn't all take place on Tatooine. The question is... Maybe it's silly to think that Jawas exist on one planet anyway. Like, some of them have to have made it off-world, so there are other Jawa colonies off-world. Right, right, and the I think Jawa that was... Jawa delegation in Coruscant. I think that was our buddy Rabo's point, right? I just sent you a picture of the latest artwork. I mean... Oh, that's so sick. That's Tatooine, though, right? It sure looks like it. Twin suns. Twin suns, sand, moisture evaporators. <clears throat> but <clears throat> my question is, do we see Tatooine? And does this Jawa stow away 
on the Mandalorian ship? Ooh, what if he's got a personal Jawa buddy? That would be awesome. Wootini! <laughs> All right. I see you're really digging this idea. Maybe that is what's going on. My jo- little Jawa engineer buddy. Look, it's it's probably nothing to think as hard about as I have since the pictures of that Jawa came out, that Jawa figure. But it, I can't get the whole concept of a off-world Jawa out of my head and how it relates to Tatooine being in the show or not being in the show, you know? I always thought Jawas were like a missed opportunity, kind of like Porgs. Like Porgs not being the missed opportunity. Like They're very cute. They're, you know, marketable. I think the Jawas are equally cute and marketable. And they're a little creepy. I get it. It's a hood with eyes, but... I mean, they've done a decent job, but I think they, they're... I don't know. I, I honestly do feel like in the last 40 plus years of Star Wars, Jawas have been pretty well merchandised. I mean, one of the, like, even when you go into like super expensive vintage figures, the vinyl cape Jawa is like near the top of expensive vintage figures. Um, I think they do. All right. And you know, you see a lot of like Jawa fan art or cutesy Jawa artwork or t-shirts and stuff i don't know um i guess it's not too long before we figure out what's going on with that damn off-world jawa though Ooh, we will and then i'll be like wow i sure sounded dumb talking about a jawa stowing away on the old razor crest with the man you and me both all right let's uh let's hear from our buddy steve a d let's let him sing to us and then uh, we'll hear from our friends. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty, cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead Luherb, cockhead Hansberger, cockhead Will Witt, cockhead Goose Paint, cockhead G-Money, cockhead King Tom, cockhead Joe Yeah. Coming at you live, WNBC. All right. Uh, Let me pull up our first voicemail. It's from our buddy King Tom. You know that's how we do. You know that's how we kick off a voicemail segment. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Haas and Will. Whenever we have one of these big events that feature Star Wars, like Celebration or D23 or whatever, they all have this deal where, you know, the crew and cast kind of line up and then they get like a minute and a half or however long it is with all these 
different media outlets, and then over the next few months, all these little interview bits, you know, they, they, they show up online or they show up in TV shows. And most of the times, and I get these are general audience media people, but most of the time, the questions that they ask absolutely suck. You know, you don't really find out much. Hey, yeah, I'm excited about this movie. And I, I guess maybe, yeah, they, they they are supposed to ask certain type of questions and avoid others. But I don't know. I just, as a Star Wars fan, sometimes these interviews are very interesting and insightful and you can pick at things. Uh, because, like, I think that's how J.J. said that, he, you know, he, that 8 didn't, do, or Last Jedi didn't derail any of his plans or anything like that. But a lot of it's, like I said, hey, yeah, I'm excited for this movie. So I, I was just thinking about, like, what type of questions I would ask. And so that's my question for you guys this week. Say, you know, Blue Harvest. We, I, I know Blue Harvest is big time. It's the best Star Wars podcast out there. But suppose you were even bigger time and, and there was a Blue Harvest press pass and you guys got to be backstage at one of these things and you could ask any actor or crew member all the way up to J.J., Kathy any one question that they would have to answer truthfully and completely within a minute and 30 seconds, what question would you ask them? If I, if, if I could, because I've thought about this, obviously, if, if I was asking questions, I would ask JJ, what is the first sentence of the, the Rise of Skywalker crawl? Not a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, not episode 9, the Rise of Skywalker, but the first sentence, what is it? That's what my question would be. What would you guys ask? Oh, anyway, thanks one. for listening and thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk with you later. Thanks, King Tom. King Tom recently celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday to our dude, King Tom. Happy birthday, King Tom. All right, Will. Uh, you're backstage at Celebration, at Comic-Con, whatever it may be. You got your mic. Daisy Ridley walks up to you. What what do you ask her? What's your one question you ask Daisy Ridley? Mm. How has this ride of Star Wars been compared to how what you expected when The Force Awakens was being filmed? Okay. I think that's a pretty good one. My question for Daisy Ridley... Um, and maybe she's already been asked this. Maybe even our buddy Steele asked her this, but I would ask her in five to 10 years, Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm come to you and they say, Hey, it's time to get episode 10, 11, and 12 off the ground. We're getting the band back together. Do you say yes? And if you do, where would you like the story to go in the sequel to the sequel trilogy? That's what That's I would a good ask. Question. ask. Because I think maybe that question could give you a little insight into the rise of Skywalker as well. Because if I could ask, go, keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. no, no. You go ahead. If I could ask JJ Abrams a question, it would be how much did return of the Jedi factor into your thinking when filming rise of skywalker like how much of rise of skywalker is the end of the that story's trilogy 
and how much of it, you know, pays homage to the return of the Jedi. Like where, like where are the similarities there? I would have two questions for JJ Abrams. One non star Wars related. The first, the non star Wars related one would be when are we getting a sequel series to lost? I don't mean a reboot or a remake. I mean, when are we getting a Disney plus sequel to lost? And, the, you know, not not adventures of the island, but basically, like, what happens to that island, you know, and the light source there. The continued adventures of Hurley and Ben yeah. and whoever else shows up on the island. Um, my Star Wars-related question, I mean, it would be full-on spoiler territory, but it's the one I'm dying to know is... And, and King Tom sort of, like qualified that they have to answer right how does palpatine right. show up in episode nine yeah you want to know i want to know that real bad how did he survive if that's the case how you know what how is it that he's in episode nine that's the yeah. question i would ask agreed <clears throat> kathleen kennedy kathleen kennedy comes up to you will what I think I have two questions for Kathleen Kennedy. So what what would yours be? So, Miss Kennedy, you steer the ship that is Lucasfilm. Like, what is what is your guiding star? Like, what helps you navigate steering the whole of Lucasfilm and deciding what projects to pursue and what to shelve and what to wait on? Like, what helps guide you and make those decisions? How do you steer the ship? That's a good one. That's a good one. For Kathleen Kennedy, I'd have two. The first one would be, what were George Lucas's original ideas for the prequel tri- or sequel trilogy? Obviously, they went with some of them, maybe even a lot of them, but what, what was in that initial outline of the sequel trilogy or episode what, seven? What did you say no to? Yes. What was it? What was the weird shit in there that you were like, oh man, there goes, there he goes. There <laughs> oh, George, George goes again. Uh, maybe not this part. Um, and the second one, I'd be, is Boba Fett alive after Return Boba of the Fett Jedi? Alive. Oh, that's, oh, I don't know. That's sad and sweet at the same time. And are are you guys ever going to do anything with Boba Fett? Because that'd be real neat if you did. Uh, I like this. I like this alternate universe where we actually get to... Ask questions. <laughs> where are our microphones? <laughs> yeah. Somebody get me... Somebody get me backstage with a microphone now! What's funny is, if we were backstage and asked any of... I, well, I don't know about yours. Your your question, Kathleen Kenny, I think is a really good one and one that in reality she would answer. And I would, on top of that, you know, and ask her how she steers the ship and where 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 she, where we're headed, where she'd like to take us. <coughs> okay, um, let's move along. Next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy. He's got some thoughts on Kylo, apparently. Let's see what he has to say. Uh-oh. Hey, Oz and Will. It's Rick. It's uh, it's Tuesday here outside of Chicago. It's hotter than hell today, which is kind of weird, but whatever. So 
I've been sitting on this idea for a little bit, kind of wrestling with this idea more so, it's, as one does. Um, I've been thinking about Kylo Ren coming into this last installment of the Skywalker saga, and I'm having a hard time kind of reconciling the idea of, Ky of Kylo being a villain only in the sense that in these first two movies, um, he's had, there's been somebody bigger, more evil, more powerful above him. Now he takes down Snoke, obviously, spoiler alert. Um, and then we get Palpatine potentially coming back in some form or another, having some kind of influence in episode nine um, in theaters December 20, 100 days from today, I suppose. Now, today we've had um, some talk about the Snoke comic book coming out tomorrow. Um, again, it's Tuesday right now. And I guess uh, Snoke's kind of a dick and he's smacking Kylo around and he's saying some nasty shit to him and he's um, all around pretty bad and I've seen um, you know, a lot of hate or uh, I don't want to say hate but kind of reactions to it from uh, a lot of the Kylo stands on Twitter but um, I'm not trying to take a controversial stance by asking this to anybody that is kind of a Kylo stand but the fact that He's been painted as the big bad, at least as far as marketing is concerned. Is he kind of an ineffectual villain? You know what I mean? Like, has he really gotten us to the point where, you know, we feel uh, that he's as dangerous as he could be? Because I don't know if I feel that. You know, we had Vader coming into A New Hope for, you know, if that's how you were introduced to him. And he was kind of cold-blooded and merciless, and there was no sympathy for the devil in that character. Not It wasn't really until, you know, either Return of the Jedi or a fuller explanation that we got through the prequels or Clone Wars. Um, and with Kylo, we've kind of been given sympathy for him from Jump Street. And I don't know if that makes him the villain-type character, or if this is more of a, just an antagonist-protagonist situation for this movie. Um... So I, I, I don't know, I, how do you guys feel about him as a villain, <coughs> looking at it more with uh, the context that we've been given with these two movies and what this comic book may give us tomorrow? Um, how bad is he? Is he really a villain? Or has he just teetered with the idea of becoming the bad guy, becoming the villain, um, out of spite, I, who knows, because of who his parents were, because of a legacy that Vader set out for him, I, who knows. Um, I would just want to get your take on it. So I'll let you guys mull over that. Um, hopefully that Snow comic book doesn't cause uh, too much of an uproar when it comes out tomorrow. And um, yeah, I'll leave you guys to it. Thanks for the awesome pod every week. Love you both. Hope to hear from you soon. You'll be hearing from me soon. And uh, may that force be with you. Cheers. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. Uh, so, here's the thing. I definitely think Kylo is a good villain. I mean, he killed Han Solo. That's what cemented it for me. That's what yeah. made him. I was like, oh, Kylo Ren is a villain. He killed my Han Solo. He, he killed his own father. Like, the, definitely my villain. The minute we see him, he drop ships into a village, kills an old man, 
and then orders his troops to wipe the entire village out. Yep. That's pretty villainous. Yeah. Uh, also, he is a tortured villain. And you they see, even they this, continue to bring up the tortured of his consciousness in The Last Jedi. You yeah. know, like, he now, is a tortured villain. This is the thing, though. You know, when A New Hope came out, Darth Vader wasn't Luke's dad. That wasn't... That came about during the writing of Empire Strikes Back, you know? So the idea of redeeming Vader was probably never on the table during the making of A New no. Hope. So he was Darth meant Vader to be... was the, like a a samurai lord wizard stand-in in this space opera, you know, western. Right. He was just meant to be a ruthless bad guy, ruthless evil killer. Now, I firmly believe that from the jump Kylo Ren was meant is meant to probably be redeemed in some fashion in this trilogy. From the very earliest stages of planning this trilogy, it's probably the idea, right? Right. So I think he was his soul is meant to be tortured and ripped apart from the beginning as well. Right. So when you set off with that end game or that that end point in mind, I think that allows you to add a little more depth or a little more conflict with the character than just making him sort of like because in A New Hope, Darth Vader is one note as hell. Yeah. There's no yeah. there's no depth to that. He's a cool-looking bad guy. There's no depth to him. You know, once you establish in the writing process of The Empire Strikes Back <clears throat> that he's Luke's dad and all that stuff, that's when you can go in and start adding some depth to the character. But when you know the end point of a character, and I firmly believe they've had an idea of where Ky they wanted Kylo to end up in this trilogy because Adam Driver has even said as much. He said that he, there has since day one of playing the character, he knew what the end goal was for the character, and he's just sort of been working towards that. Right. So I think maybe that's where Rick is seeing the disconnect is that they built in stuff from the beginning that makes him Right. They had a plan from the beginning, which is not what they had with A New Hope. Right. I wouldn't say they had a plan, but not like we, a fully-fledged plan, you know? How much of a plan? Mm. Like 12% of a plan? So, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I do feel like he's a villain. I, I feel like, you know, you have Ray and Kylo teaming up in The Last Jedi, and he's given yet another chance to turn his back to the dark side, and he refuses, and then he, like, musters a giant First Order army to go take out a minuscule resistance force. Like, he's looking to wipe them off the map completely. You know what I mean? Like, the right. Kylo did not need to take all those... ATATs and whatever the giant eight, the ATAC. No, I think those are the ones in Rogue One. Whatever the giant gorilla walker ATATs. Yeah, it's are. like ATXT or ATMT or something like something that. like that. He did not need to take all that down to the surface of crate to deal with that small of a resistance force. No, no, he did not. You know, the minute he sees Luke, he has the entire 
Resi- uh, First Order Army that's with him open fire on him. I think Kylo's a pretty good villain. Uh, I just think the fact that they knew where they wanted to end up with the character means that you get some different shades of dark and gray in him than you maybe did in... Uh, I think it's also pretty clear you see fear. You see fear in him. Yeah, and look, Darth Maul, and if, if you go by Darth Maul just in Phantom Menace, like he's less than one note, you know? Like... I, I'm just saying, like, I, I think we're in a different position with, like, the course of the character from the beginning of this trilogy than we were with, like, Darth Vader in A New Hope. And that's probably where, like, Rick is having a little disconnect. And I firmly believe, like, when The Rise of Skywalker kicks off, we'll probably see him doing some pretty villainous stuff. Probably. Especially if, you know, uh, he's the supreme leader at this point. We'll probably see him be not such a great dude once again. So, yeah. Jed, just don't forget, like, you got you got one more chance for, you know, to, for JJ to change your mind about him being enough of a villain for you. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we have a Utah. Dougie. Let's hear what he has to say. Dougie, can you hear me? We can't hear you at all. Come on, man. Here we go. Hosmill, it's Dougie calling in. I'm getting my minivan packed up and hauling my kids down to Anaheim next week. And we're going to check out the blue milk and hang out down there at Galaxy's Edge and do the Disney thing. Wondering with the uh, Obi-Wan series, I'm thinking we will go to Tashi Station. Maybe see some power converters. See what uh, Obi-Wan's up to, just tinkering around on the planet. Anyways, uh, the Tool concert's coming to Utah. It's going to be awesome. And uh, you guys are just great. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Oh, man. That reminds me, last time we recorded... You just made one guy really jealous. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's saying he's going to the Tool... If he's going to Galaxy's Edge and the Tool concert, uh, he's basically going on the trip that Jesse and I initially planned for October that went to shit. Because the last time we recorded, I think it was the last time, I was real excited about Tool tickets going on sale the next day. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Jesse and I were both in the virtual queue in the waiting room. For like an hour before tickets went on sale. The minute tickets went on sale, sold out. Oh. Bunch of fucking Michael Pappas bots on there buying up all the tickets and selling them on resale. Oh, sites. man. I was so bummed. But it's shady that they let people get away with that. I know, man. But. <laughs> and it's, it's that line from Aqua Teen. Because they don't care. Because it's not their money. Exactly. But we turned it around. We uh, we went, rented a cabin in the mountains. So in October, we're still going to go out of town for a few days and have a nice little vacation around our anniversary. But Perfect. Perfect. No Tool concert, no Galaxy's Edge just yet. I'm dying to get to Galaxy's Edge, man. I'm dying. I want to go so bad. I don't know when I'm going to have the chance. Uh, Dougie uh, tagged me in a 
a photo either today or yesterday of him at Galaxy's Edge with his fancy green lightsaber looking like oh, he was having, wow. having a good old time, man. So good on you, Dougie. I'm glad you got to go. How was the blue milk? He ignited his green. He did indeed. He, oh boy, did he. All right. Uh, we got one more voicemail and then two emails. Uh, first up, uh, the voicemail, and this one's from Jim. Pause and Will. I have been sitting here smoking on two different types of e-cigs, and I've been thinking to myself about how when Ray's lightsaber, they've got a different, made it differently, it's lighter, just going to be able to pull off this stuff that wasn't as easy in the previous movies and how I'm gonna just tell myself in my head canon like she's that much stronger with the force she's that much physically stronger with her training and just how badass that's gonna be uh, but what all the forced uh, changes that had to be made that happened to the movie as it went along are so delightful um, and do something for every movie and uh, you know we're not sure if I'm, if this Harrison Ford guy is going to make it to episode 5 uh, or episode 6 so let's freeze him in carbonite you know and it's just and it ends up being like such an amazing thing and you know Luke was in a car accident put him in uh, he, he fought an ice monster uh, and a back to tank who put him back to oh, I mean it's just what are your favorite things that that are behind the scenes? You know why they really happen, but um, they just, you know, life like <laughs> affects these movies and makes things uh, that would never have happened happen. And uh, what are some of your favorites, guys? All right, ignite the green. Um, well, you kind of named two of the best ones. Uh, not sure if uh, Harrison Ford wanted to come back for episode six as they froze him in carbonite. And then Mark Hamill having a uh, a car crash. So they had to explain the scars on his face and had him get attacked by Wampa. Um, I always, I can't remember which one it is. One of the prequels. It's either episode two or three. I'm having a hard time remembering. Th- think it's two yeah i think it's two where they had to bring um ewan mcgregor back for reshoots and if you pay close to enough attention you can tell when the reshoots happen because his beard looks real whack i think it might even be fake oh um that's sad there's all oh and another one so uh, this is definitely in Revenge of the Sith. I There's this super unflattering shot of Natalie Portman in Revenge of the Sith. It's when she's brushing yeah. her hair on the the balcony and he she's like, uh, he her and Anakin are talking about love. And she's like, I think I want to have the baby by in the lay side on Naboo. And, and she's like, are you saying love has blinded you? And like she turns toward the camera, and it's super unflattering. And I always it's the lighting. I think. Uh, I mean, I I know what you're talking about, but that's, I think it's the lighting. That's what I always thought. 
I always thought like it was just some wacky lighting in that scene. And I think like her makeup is very nude, right? Her makeup is very, I don't know. Maybe it's, she's got that. Like I washed my face and I'm about to go to bed. Like, look, I don't know. There's something about her complexion and the light that just makes her look different bad. I know what you're talking about. It's not a flattering shot. Now you want to know what it is. I finally found out what it was. What? That's, once again, reshoots. Oh. And it was when she was preparing to be in the movie V for Vendetta, which she lost, like, a ton of weight for for the movie. So that is why she looks so different in that scene versus the rest of the movie, because that's, that's a reshoot. And she was either just about to to film V for Vendetta, um, or was in the pro- already in the process of filming it when they brought her in for that. Yeah, because she had a large physical transformation for that movie. Yep, yep. <clears throat> um, all right, let's move it right along. We've got an uh, email from Dave Gray, and he says, "Dewana Wanga, Dewana Wago, Dewana." Oh, I go. Uh, I got to go to Galaxy's Edge. Fun times, but I'm concerned about the longevity of the experience. Being a Florida local, much of the Disney culture revolves around going throughout the year. So much of Galaxy's Edge is high-priced, paid experience that you wouldn't want to do more than once. The lightsaber building is really cool, but it's not like you're a part of it unless you're paying $200 to do it. There isn't a viewing area for the ceremony. That's not something you're going to do more than once, or maybe maybe even at all. The same is true for droid building. Even blue milk, which is kind of kitschy and fun, is an $8 10-ounce cup that's not likely something you're going to get for the family each time you head over there. I'm a little worried that Disney has created too much of a one-off experience as as compared to other parts of the park. Do you think that Galaxy's Edge is something you'll want to continue to revisit based on what you know? Dave in South Florida. So, well, so for one, they have uh, Rise of the Resistance opening towards the end of this year slash early next year. So, you know, that'll get people back. Matt Martin on Twitter, who works for Lucasfilm in the story group, specifically said recently that Galaxy's Edge was designed so that it could be changed from time to like so changes could be made to keep the the park fresh and change the experience so if that's the case i think that alone will keep people coming back plus you know will there eventually be a third ride apparently there was one originally in the planning but it didn't come to fruition because they didn't want Anaheim to have an extra ride that Orlando didn't or something. There was some sort of thing with that. So, you know, maybe even there's the possibility of a third ride in the future. Um, and there was one other thing. I was, oh, the Falcon ride. The Falcon ride is apparently uh, similar to Star Tours in that it's programmable to where they could add different missions that the Falcon goes on. Like right oh, now, that's cool. right now I think it's all the same mission, but the, 
And I remember reading this around the time Galaxy's Edge <clears throat> originally opened in Anaheim that they have it set up to where they can add different missions and different experiences and stuff instead of just the same one over and over again. So all of that combined and any other changes they make to Galaxy's Edge, I think will keep the experience pretty fresh and new. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I the one other thing that I think Disney's very experienced about managing crowds, right? And I think yeah, they're trying to figure out how best to use Star Wars, but you know, honestly, things will even out in the wash. You know, like yeah, it's crowded at the moment, and yeah, it may be a, a one-time destination now. But like you said, those features are ever changing. Those parks are ever changing. And there are plans to keep them fresh to where if you haven't been this year, you should really go because it's different than it was last year. And, you know, there's this new experience. You know, other parks have a singular experience. And, you know, it made, you know, uh, I know Universal has like the Harry Potter thing, right? And like once you've done it, I don't know how many times you want to redo it, but there's always a new reader. There's always a new reader that yeah. hasn't done the Harry Potter well, thing. And like I said, there's always a kid that hasn't been to Galaxy's Edge. You know, there's always kids coming to watching these movies, coming to franchises. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's got staying power is the reason I'm saying that. And it, it may be a singular experience at the moment. Once you've done it, you've done it. But I think it's going to change. So with Harry, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, something that they do that I think does entice people to come back for future visits is... For one, they add new air. Like it started off just being Hogwarts and then they added Hogsmeade or whatever, like the second okay. section. Yeah. And they do seasonal events. Like they do sort of a Halloween themed event during the wintertime. They do more of like a holiday Christmas style event where there's like snow and shit. Like I think <clears throat> something like that would benefit Galaxy's Edge, but you also like, you know, for the holidays you do life day or whatever but you know how do you come up with like a halloween Star type wars halloween yeah so <clears throat> you know some sort of seasonal Galaxy events like that i think day. <laughs> it's ooh spooky zombie stormtroopers running Spooky's around spooky space holiday um but yeah you know you, you, we got to keep in mind that galaxy's edge is just sort of kicking off and Neither park is truly done yet. They don't have both their rides. So, uh, and then the crazy ass hotel that's coming, man. That's going to be quite the experience. It is. All right. We got one more voicemail, not voicemail, email, and then we'll wrap it up. This is from our buddy James Yarko. Hey, Halls and Will. Hope all is well. I got to thinking the other day about how some things in my own life fell the way they did allowing me to have opportunities in the realm of media that I never imagined possible a few years ago. So I'd like to send the two of you back in time to an alternate universe. Let's say Disney never bought Lucasfilm. George still owns the rights and there have been no movies, no shows, no toys, nothing. Star Wars was done and we just had episodes one through six. Given all that, would the two of you still have started a Star Wars podcast? If so, do you believe you'd still be going strong over four years later? Or would you have run out of things to talk about? 
Or would you have been podcasting about a different topic? And if so, what would it be? Thanks, and as all always, for all you do, I'm certainly relieved that this is a hypothetical situation and we get an epic Star Wars content from you guys on a weekly basis. Have a nice damn-ass weekend, and may the Force be with you. Ooh. Um... So, okay, I have what I and my answer for what I think would have happened. You go. Um, I think we would still have a podcast. I think we would talk mainly about Star Wars, but I think it would be more of a general sci-fi nerd. It'd be more of a geek nerd video games and and multimedia movies and everything podcast. Honestly, I I feel like you're right because, but we would talk probably seventy five percent about Star Wars from the minute. I heard my first podcast. I was like, oh, this sounds fun. I would want to do one of these. And it was never like, I want to do one of these about Star Wars. It wasn't until, you know, the first teaser for The Force Awakens came out in November of 2014 that I even looked into Star Wars podcasts, you know? Yeah. Uh, And by that time, I'd been listening to podcasts for a few years. Um. So, I. the thing is, is that led to me listening to Star Wars podcasts. That led to me f- figuring out what kind of Star Wars podcast I liked. And then that led me into wanting to do a Star Wars podcast. So, without that motivation, uh, I think maybe eventually I would have. But the hype of The Force Awakens coming back, Star Wars coming back, and all this right. cool shit was all a big motivating factor in finally getting off my ass and doing a podcast, which you can testify to. I talked about doing for years, wanting to do a podcast. So I don't know. Uh, If we did eventually get around to a podcast, if there was going to be, if it wouldn't be just a general talking about stuff we liked, like Will was talking about, the closest thing I could see us doing would be a video game podcast. Because I would say behind Star Wars, that's probably both of our next biggest interest is video games. So, you know, maybe that would have been what it was. I I would say Will's answer is probably the most likely that we would have just done Halls and Will bullshit about stuff they like. And it would Welcome have been a, to the Halls and Will bullshit out. It would have been a lot of talking about Star Wars. Even more tangents. You know, It'd be more tangents and then pepper some Star Wars in there. Tony Jaw movies. Marvel movies. Marvel Star movies Trek. for sure. Yeah, I almost wonder if maybe we would have done like an MCU based mm-hmm. podcast like that. Maybe that would have been something we would have done because, you know, we both really like those. I, you know, there's a... A lot of avenues we could have taken, but man, am I glad it ended up being Star Wars. Blue Harvest, baby. Woo! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyways, that does it for us this week, guys. Sorry we took last week off, but we're nice and re- rejuvenated physically, maybe not mentally, considering how many times I said, um, and lost my place this week. But uh, happy to be back talking to my buddy, Will. Uh, I'll... I didn't do the business. The Hey, we got a Patreon. And we put up all kinds of cool stuff. Most recently, we put up the newest episode of Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel. Uh, we have Podula Rock. 
Podula Rasa with Emily Lind, Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom. We have Cooking with Will, with Chef Will, if you're nasty. We mm. have Oh Knows Oh Knows It's Hall Solos. Jaws with Jesse. Uh, Blue Harvest Adventures, where we play the Star Wars West End Games role-playing game. We we put a lot of cool stuff up on our Patreon. So if you're interested, you like our show and you want to support it, check it out at patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Uh, if you like our theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcast, whatever the hell it is. And we'll catch you guys next week. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.